So for those of y'all who don't know, I'm Jesse or Jessississippi or Jess Turn or Jen Turn or whatever y'all want to call me. Um, this thing is, um, and uh, I'm going to be presenting tonight. Elliot's usually presenting, um, but uh, I've, pre- I've prepared the uh, sermon for this evening. Um, and we're going to be talking about 1 Samuel 24. Um, for the past three weeks, if y'all haven't been here, we've talked about um, the life of David. Um, and tonight we're going to talk about, continuing on that theme, we're going to talk about the life of David. Uh, he was anointed the first week. Um, the second week, we talked about him defeating Goliath. Um, and then the third week, we talked about his friend Jonathan and then Jonathan's dad, you know, the king of Israel, Saul, um, tried to kill him multiple times. Um, so now David is on the run. And we're going to jump into 1 Samuel 24, read the whole chapter there, and uh, talk about uh, David on the run. Um, so uh, if y'all will read along with me, we'll read 1 Samuel 24. Uh, when Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goat's rocks. And he came to the sheepfolds by the way where there was a cave. And Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem fit to you. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And afterward, David's heart struck him, because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to the men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed. To put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David also arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, My Lord, the King. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of the men who say, Behold, David seeks your harm. Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hand in the cave. And I, um, and some told me to kill you, and but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, the, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe, And did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you. But my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, Out of the wicked comes wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. And whom has the king of Israel come out after? After whom do you pursue? After a dead dog, after a flea, may the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you and see to it and plead my cause and deliver me from your hand. As soon as David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, is this your voice, my son, David? 
And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. And you have declared this day how you have dealt well with me, and that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him go away safe? So may the Lord reward you with the good for what you have done to me this day. And now behold... I know that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me, therefore, by the Lord, that you will not cut off my offspring after me, and that you will not destroy my name out of of my father's house. And David swore this to Saul. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Will uh, we all pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this history um, in the Old Testament um, of uh, your lineage. Um, I pray that you would help us as we study this to, uh, to open our minds and our hearts and, um, and prepare um, this passage for us and then uh, prepare our hearts for this passage. And um, I pray that you'd make my words clear tonight as I present this presentation. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so... We're jumping in. We know that, that David's been running from Saul for, uh, for some time. He's already been, Saul's already tried to kill him once. David's been running for Saul for some time now. Um, and he's in the wilderness both figuratively and uh, literally. He's been, he's been exhausted. Um, he's the anointed king, and he's running for his life. He's been saving uh, city, uh, cities of Israel for some time now. Just a couple of chapters ago, he went in and... Uh, and saved the Israelites from, from some of the Philistines that were attacking them. And he's got 600 men with him. Uh, if you read the previous passage, you'll find that he's, he's been leading these men in the desert, running from Saul. Um, Saul was chasing after him and then heard about some Philistines attacking a town, so he had to go after the town. Now he's back chasing David again. Um, David's literally exhausted. He's got 600 men that he's got to take care of, and they're probably exhausted, complaining to him, why are we still in the desert? Why are we still here? Um, and, uh, and David's presented with an opportunity tonight. He's presented with an opportunity um, to get out of the wilderness. Um, all he has to do is kill Saul, um, and, and it, would be, it would be justified. It, I mean, I, I think we could argue that he would be in self-defense, and they would, they would, his men are egging him on. They're, they're like, come on, man. We could, we could kill him, and it would be over, and it would be okay. Because you're, you're the next anointed king, you would be king, we'd be out of the desert, it would be wonderful. Um, but David doesn't do it. Um, uh, like David, we, we end up having wildernesses. We run into to hard times like David did. We, whether it's, it's not going to be the king of a, of a country chasing after us. Um, I hope not. Um, it's, it's going to be more like maybe loneliness or exhaustion from test after test after test um, or homework assignment after homework assignment or um, uh, just, just the busyness of college life um, is exhausting. And our wilderness is going to look a little bit different um, from David's. Um, but like David, we might be presented with opportunities um, uh, where we can get out of the wilderness. Um, David knew that he could get out of the wilderness by killing 
King Saul. Um, he knew that it would be justified by his peers. His peers would be okay with it. His peers would stand by him in it. Um, but he knew it was dishonorable to God. And when I, I want to ask y'all tonight what y'all would do if y'all were presented with an opportunity like that. If y'all were presented with an opportunity that you knew that your peers would be okay with um, getting out of a hard time, um, it, um, and yet you knew it was dishonorable to God, um, what happens when you know something isn't honoring to your Heavenly Father and yet your peers are okay with it? Um, it may be, like I said, loneliness. Um, what if you're lonely and this guy um, wants to take you out on a date, but you know he's not a good guy? You know he's not honoring to God. You know that it would be a bad idea to go out on a date with him. And all your, all your girlfriends uh, are okay with it. They're like, yeah, let's go out, you know, go out on a date with him. That'd be a great idea. Um, that... Uh, would you be able to say no to that? Would you be able to step back and say, okay, that's a bad idea? Or even guys um, who maybe you're lonely, maybe you want a girl. Um, maybe you want somebody to be there with you. Um, are you willing to wait for God to present the right girl to you? Are you will, willing to wait, wait for, the right, for God to present the right guy to you girls? Um, another scenario might be, um, what if you've always known that that uh, God has called you to be a lawyer, to bring justice to the world, to bring um, uh, justice to hurting families. Um, what if you know that God's called you to be a doctor, and yet you're struggling through this class? You know, if you don't pass this class, it's going to take a lot longer to get your degree. Or um, you're struggling through this test, you're struggling through this paper. Um, are you going to cheat, or are you going to be able to wait, um, knowing full well that this may mean that you don't get a degree um, or that you don't get the, the degree that you thought you were going to get. Um, maybe that ruins the, the plan that you had to be the doctor that you know God wants you to be. Um, I, I would challenge you, like David, um, to wait. Be content in the wilderness. Don't do something that's dishonoring to God um, that might be okay by your peers um, just because it's, it's the track that you think that that you, uh, that God has called you to. Um, so that's the first section. That's, that's one through seven that kind of covers the sparing of life. David, David is presented with this opportunity to get out of the wilderness and he realizes, okay, this is going to be really dishonoring to God. Let's be honest. God anointed Saul. God is in charge here. God put him over Israel. Um, and, and, uh, and David knows that God's in charge here. God's going to present, um, God's made his promises to him before. He's, he's followed through before. Um, so let's move on to, to verses 8 through 15. Um, Saul, uh, or David kind of comes out of the cave at this point. I think I keep getting their names mixed up. So if I do that, um, call me out on it. <laughs> um, David, uh, David comes out of the cave after Saul, and, uh, and is, he's, uh, he kind of gives him a lecture. He's like, hey, Saul, I'm not trying to kill you. I don't know what's up. I don't know what your problem is. I'm a flea. I'm, I'm a dog. I'm nothing. Um, and, and you're my king. He, even, he tells him he's his king. Um, he tells him that he respects him. He, but he calls him, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. He, he says, uh, out of the wicked come wickedness. Um, he kind of calls him wicked. He says, you're wicked. I'm not. But I'm still going to honor you because you're my king. Um, 
and then he, but the biggest part is he puts he puts himself and he puts uh, Saul in their in their places. And the biggest part is the most significant part here is that he puts God in his place. He says, "Let God be the judge between me and you." Um, it's not about what what those in authority over you think. Um, I don't know about y'all, but in college, I I really cared about what my professors thought about me, especially in my major. Um, I was I was really worried about them liking me, respecting me, because they were going to write reviews. They were going to write. Um, recommendations for jobs in the future. I was really worried about that. Um, and there were times when I was struggling through classes. Um, it's not about what your peers think. It's not about what those above you think. Um, it's about you and God. And if you have to, if you have to dishonor God in order to please a human being, that's, that's not going to be good. That's not helpful. Um, for as Christians, we're called not to do that. Um, and that's, that's kind of the explanation of life here. Victory for a Christian is not going to look like vic- like the victory that we think it will. It's a lot of times going to look like um, failure. Um, it's going to look like calling ourselves a dead dog, a flea. It's like it's going to look like humbling ourselves. It may look like being lonely. It may look like not having a boyfriend or a girlfriend for a long time. It may look like failing that test and having to take that class again when everyone else has moved on to the next class. Um, that's hard. Um, and there are plenty of other examples. Um, but that's, that's the truth. Um, uh, that's, that's what life looks like. So that, that my first point is, is the sparing of life. That, the second one there was the explanation of life. And uh, my third point is the giving of life. In this last section, Saul repents. Um, he realizes his fault. Um, forget that two chapters later, he again tries to take Saul's life. He, he repents here. He, um, he realizes he's failed. Saul is the true king, or David is the true king. Um, and David is, uh, is, uh, is in charge, is, is really honoring to, to Saul here. Um, Saul repents and asks David to promise him that he won't remove him from, from the house of his father, the house of Israel. Um, and uh, and David, David promises to him, um, promises to him that <clears throat> I think a lot of times here, uh, just a small example here, just something, something that is a small takeaway is Saul is, uh, we're a lot like Saul a lot of times. Um, Two chapters later, we end up doing the same thing again, um, but we're called to repent again and again, and uh, and the same thing happens every time. Um, we'll get called out, whether it's by someone around us or by our by reading scripture or by um, whatever it may be, um, and then we repent, and then God restores us. Um, <clears throat> but, anyways, so David. David promises to him that he won't remove him from the house of his father. Um, and that's so much more than that. We, as followers of Christ, have a much bigger promise. Um, Romans eight sixteen. if y'all haven't read Romans, Romans is a wonderful book in the Bible that everyone needs to read. Um, Romans 8, uh, verse 16 and 17 say, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 
and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We're called to live a life of dying to self and living to Christ Jesus our Lord. I would challenge you believers to live that life. Um, dying to self, knowing that, um, here's the deal, as, as David was anointed, um, uh, I don't know how many chapters ago, I think it was, I think it was chapter 16 or knows before that, but he was anointed. Um, he knows God's promises and yet he comes out of this cave. He knows the, he's the king of this country. Israel, he's the future king of this country, and he says, I'm a dead dog, I'm a flea. He remembers his place, um, that he is, he is still nothing in the sight of his father, in the sight of God. He's, he's still, he's a son, um, and he knows that his father's going to take care of him, but that he, um, that he has, his only rights are in Christ, his Savior, and Christ, his Savior, is going to carry it out um, uh, later on. So, um, we're called to live a life of dying to self and living in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, and I would challenge you guys, um, let's, let's do that. And then as for those here who aren't believers, um, and who are unsure of what they believe, there's freedom here. Um, it sounds, it sounds pretty, um, rough dying to self. It sounds pretty rough calling ourselves low. Um, but, the victory is in our Savior and, and God. We put Him in His place in our lives. We put Him above um, us and, and uh, we put ourselves low and <clears throat> He delivers us. Um, anything else is an illusion. So there's freedom here. Um, God offers you eternal life and joy and rest in the valley. Um, and uh, you can come to Him. Um, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, that's in Romans 10, uh, just another great verse from Romans. Um, so the rest, rest that David has, the rest that allows him to leave the cave um, and, uh, and follow after David and, and, and tell him how low he is and, um, and tell him how great his father is and how his father will judge between the two of them um, comes from his knowledge uh, of Christ um, saving him, um, of Christ delivering him in the long run, Christ fulfilling his promise as he's done before when he defeated David or defeated uh, Goliath um, uh, and when he um, eventually becomes king. Um, but that rest that David has is free. Um, just like I read from Romans ten nine, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's all you have to do. Um, and it's unbelievably satisfying. Um, it hurts sometimes, but it's unbelievably satisfying. Um, so that's First uh, Samuel 24. Um, and that's uh, how David goes through. Um, making those decisions and that's really difficult but like I said unbelievably satisfying let's pray dear Heavenly Father thank you for um, for David um, and for him being a man after your own heart and for uh, for leading him and for uh, being uh, being fulfilling your promises every time 
Um, and thank you that we can know that you will do that. I pray that you'd help us to rest in that and to, uh, <clears throat> to look for that. Um, in Jesus' name, amen.